guys and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, To the Heavens with Kita B. I know how busy you guys are, so thanks once again for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. And for those of you who are just um, just tuning in, I'll fill you in on a little bit about To the Heavens podcast. We'll be discussing a little bit of everything. Love, life, family, the Bible. Yes, people, I said it, the Bible. What can I say? Like I said before, I love my Bible. When I say we'll be talking about the Bible, it's just an open conversation and a little inspiration. I'm not one of those holier than thou. I don't do no wrong type of people. I won't be forcing religion down your throat. Just open conversation and inspiration. What can I say? I'm a work in progress. Like I said before, I still have a lot to learn. But one thing I do know about the Bible is just how informative, encouraging, motivational, and inspiring it can be. Exactly what I'm trying to do for you guys over here. I'm trying to inform, encourage, motivate, and inspire. And on the two to heavens, I, I really, I'm really going to try to keep it positive. I know how hard it can be because the devil be busy, let me tell you. But there's already enough negativity going on in the world. So I, I'm not trying to add to it. I'm, 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 that's not what I'm about. With that being said, let's move on with our segment for today. We have some fun topics. And most of them, um, and how I pick my topics is just scroll and whatever I want to discuss, that's what I pick. We'll, um, but we'll be discussing pretty much on every segment or every episode is going to be about, um, I'm trying to, gonna, I want to do it to where it's about being part of a solution, making a difference, followed by a little inspiration. I'm still trying to work it out, so please bear with me. And if you have any thoughts or concerns or anything you want to share or think I should add, please leave a message. Leave a um, yeah, shoot me a message on here, please. And before, but before we get started, I want to start off with a song, and then a prayer, and then. I'll be right back. And the song that I want to play for you guys today is My Life is in Your Hand by Kirk Franklin. And you'll notice I listen to a lot of Kirk Franklin. I love Kirk Franklin. I know that you can stand. For your life is in this Don't 
I repent and ask that you renew my spirit and my mind. Extend your mercy, O Lord. In Jesus' name, may we say amen. Okay, guys. Um, Welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed the song. Like I said, I love Kirk Franklin. My life is in your hands. Yes, it is, Lord. And moving on to our first topic of the day, um, uh, being a part of the solution. I ran across this article on Good News Network, and you'll come to see that I love the Good News Network. It has a bunch of feel-good stories. Well, of course, this story was plastered all over the internet, Facebook, but also on Good News Network. It was, it's about, um, the, the headline was, Mom brought to tears when airline stranger gives up first class seat for sick daughter. Yes. It says, when a compassionate stranger in first class insisted on switching seats with her, and though she did not get to thank him properly on the faint plane, she finally got a chance on social media after her Facebook went viral. This young lady by the name of Kelsey Ray Zwick and her daughter Lucy were um, boarding, and her 11-month-old daughter Lucy was boarding a plane heading to Orlando to the to. Flying, I'm sorry, flying from Orlando to Philadelphia with her 11-month-old daughter, Lucy. The baby suffers from chronic lung disease, and the two of them were heading to CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, for treatment. And as she was lugging her diaper bag, stroller, and oxygen, an oxygen machine through, up the, um, through the plane, trying to get to her seat, she was approached by a flight attendant who said a man in first class wanted to switch seats with her. She said she cried all the way up the aisle while daughter Lucy laughed, just laughed uncontrollably, controllably, wrote Zwick. And she just felt like she didn't get to thank him properly. You know, not just for the seat, but for noticing and for realizing that maybe things are not always easy. For deciding he wanted to show a random act of kindness. She says she re it reminded her how much good there is in the world. And guys, you know, we have a way of forgetting because all you seem to see in the news is bad things happening. And I understand that's just it, it's what's happening in the world, but it's just you see so much bad, you forget just how much good there is. And she said she can't wait to tell Lucy someday, and in the meantime, she'll pay it for The man Jason said he was the man who offered up his seat was 46-year-old Jason Councilman. He said he was brought to tears when he saw her, her and her daughter boarding the plane with all of her medical equipment in tow. And my thing for you guys out there, I want you to stop and really think. If you if you see someone and you're in first class or you're on a plane or even not first class but in coach but in the front, and she had to lug her stuff all the way to the back, and she had, would you really offer your seat? Would you get up and offer her her your seat to go to the back? You know, it's like random acts of kindness like that goes a long ways, and I don't think people really realize it. You know, and. Well, of course, Jason did, and I appreciate you, Jason, and I'm sure many, many other people out there do as well. That Facebook post was shared over hundreds of thousands of times until American Airlines finally tracked down the mystery flyer. 
and that's how Mr. Jason found out. Oh, no, I apologize. His wife seen it. It was um, a few days later he heard about it. It had been all over Facebook, but the airline did track him down. And I just, like I said, I want, I want you to stop and think, of really, how many random acts of kindness have you done today or in the last week or in the last month? If you haven't, please try to pay it forward, like to do something good and just ask that it be paid for. If we all paid it forward, we will live in a better a lot, our society, in my opinion, would be a lot better. How many know? That God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Hallelujah. How many believe it tonight? Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, he's able.
Yes, Dietrich Haddon, he's able. Whatever he say, he's able. Love it. Okay, and with our last segment for today, it is inspiration. A little inspiration, which comes from the King James um, Version of the Holy Bible app. It says, we often measure ourselves up to others. Are they better or worse than me? Should I look up to them, them to me, or are we equals? These thoughts are not necessary. Submit to your elders, but above all, have humility. Whether you are young or old, rich or poor, tall or short, you are able to be humble and interact with others in a humble way. God gives grace to those who are humble. Ditch your pride for the sake of the gospel. In Jesus' name, may we say amen. Thank you all for tuning in. You guys have a blessed, wonderful evening. And stay tuned for next week's episode of To the Heavens with Keita B.
And those of you who are still tuning in, thank you and welcome back. Before I move on, I want to say good luck to Miss Kelsey and her daughter Lucy. Um, my prayers are with you. And I want to give one last shout out to Mr. Jason Councilman for that amazing random act of kindness. Um, you sound like such an amazing person and your wife is a very, very lucky lady. Don't you think so, guys? <laughs> okay. With that being said, let's move on um, to our next topic, Celebrities with a Conscience. I um, come up with that name because I was looking, going um, on the internet as usual, browsing, and I ran across this article called Nine Celebrities with a Conscience Making a Difference in the World. And I, I liked it, Celebrities with a Conscience. And I think I'll do a couple of weeks. We hear so much negativities about a negativity about celebrities and we always trying to get the nitty gritty and the low down and no one ever stops and appreciate the good that they do for those of for the ones that do do good. You know, um, first up is Mr. John Legend, mus um, musician. Um, and for you guys that don't know him, he is a musician. He's married to Miss Christy Teigen, supermodel. I love Christy Teigen. She has the, the best personality. And as a young boy, John Legend dreamed of equality and social justice. He said he realized that dream with, that sh with his Show Me campaign, which he established in 2007. The charity's mission is to break the cycle of poverty. He has done work in Africa. And his, some of his work in Africa includes expanding healthcare services, providing access to clean water, and supporting entrepreneurial endeavors in impoverished communities in the United States. In, in impoverished communities. And in the United States, the Show Me campaign focuses on two primary goals, being able to provide every child with, with a quality education and tackling related issues of mass incarceration and the school to prison pipeline. The organization also promotes providing support and opportunities for people exiting the prison system and attempting to reintegrate back into society. I love it, John Legend. You are truly deserving of your name. We should definitely take a page out of your handbook. 
You're, you're an inspiration to us all, Mr. Legend. Thank you for being you. And next up on that list is Miss Eva Longoria. All the wonderful things she's doing for the Latina community. Shout outs to you. Um, Longoria, Miss Eva first got interested in um, giving back in 2006. I wouldn't say first, but her first public um, organization was Eva's Heroes, which she co-partnered with Miss Christine Perkins Garcia. The organization works with individuals who have intellectual special needs, providing various programs to enrich their lives. Interesting facts, you guys. Lagoria's Eva's elder sisters had special needs, and their mother was a special education teacher. Yes, sisters with an S on the end. And in 2012, the actress, Miss Eva Longoria, co-founded her own, she founded her own organization, Eva Longoria's Foundation, which was created to provide support for Latinas in the areas of education and business. Educational services include after-school programs focusing on STEM. For those of, for you guys who doesn't know what STEM stands for, it is science, technology, engineer, and mathematics skills. Classes, she also, it also includes classes to teach parents how they can better support their children's high school and college success in researching what skills are needed for Latinas to thrive in education. Business services include mentoring programs and providing microloans to Latina entrepreneurs. Ms. Longoria, you're a great example for us all, not just for your Latina community, you're, you're, you set a great example for the whole world. Thank you, Miss Eva, for doing you, girl. Okay, and before we move on, you guys, I want to uh, first give a shout-out to two schools in Louisiana that have been recognized for outstanding academic performances. Yes, I'm from Louisiana, so of course I'm going to give a shout-out. <laughs> The schools are L.W. Ruppel Academy for Advanced Studies, which is in Jefferson Parish, and Eastside Elementary, which is in Livingston Parish. The schools have been named National ESEA Distinguished Schools. ESA, which is ESEA, stands for Elementary and Secondary Education Act. And here's another, here's a fun fact, guys. There was, guys, the first one was an interesting fact. Now this is a fun fact. The Act of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act was passed as part of the United States President London B. Johnson's War on Poverty and has been the most far-reaching federal legislation affecting education ever passed by the United States Congress. Yes, I couldn't resist. The national program annually recognizes two schools in every state that have at least a 35% poverty rate and that either demonstrate high academic achievement for two or more consecutive years or significantly close the achievement gap between specific student groups and their peers, officials say. Both schools are invited to attend the National ESA. Good job, you guys. Shout out because we're always, Louisiana is really at the bottom of the list when it comes to education. 
And I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm proud. That's amazing. Good job, guys. Keep up the good work. Okay, moving on. I know I keep saying, okay, I have to find a better way to go into my next subjects, but bear with me. I am working on it. Um, our next subject, though, and I say um a lot, our next subject, our next topic is mother-daughter relationships. And I choose mother-daughter's relationships because I have a daughter, a 14-year-old daughter that, you know, she's at that age where sometimes she's moody and we've always been so close. And, you know, um, I'm dealing with that teenage stuff right now and sometimes it's a little hard. So I was reading up on it. I read an article on the Huffington Post and I thought it was really, really interesting, you guys. And that that's what made me ultimately pick my topic, um, mother-daughter relationships too, though. Like it's, it's, you have to listen. And the article reads as, Finding reasons for mother-daughter relationship conflict requires much deeper exploration than women's personality than women's personality traits, mental or emotional health issues, and hormonal problems. It requires an understanding that is between mothers and daughters that we see the harm sexism and gender inequality inflicts on women. We see how sexism is internalized and passed on from mother to daughter and how this disempowerment causes conflict. We see that mother-daughter relationship conflict is a symptom of families and societies that do not care for or support women to be fully voiced and free. We see how powerful the mother-daughter relationship is to challenge and change sexist beliefs and harmful cultural practices. The dynamic is complicated by women's generational experience with sexism. One of the key issues I see over and over again is how female history is defined by how women have been silenced. In our mothers and grandmothers day, women were not asked what they needed, felt, thought, or wanted. This conversation was entirely silent. I see in my clients mother-daughter history Mother-daughter history maps how mothers were not heard or emotionally supported and how this theme causes conflict and misunderstanding and how it is passed down from mother to daughter. And I found that article, I found it really, really interesting, you guys. And I want to know what your um, thoughts and your feedbacks are. And for my listeners who I may speak too fast or... Um, you're not really getting, let me just explain sexism. The definition of sexism is prejudice or discrimination based on sex, especially discrimination against women. Powerful. I, I mean, it's definitely, definitely true. We, as women, we have our own experiences that we deal with out in the world when it comes to sexism. And most women of, of age have at one time or another experienced some type of racism. If I'm wrong, sexism. If I'm wrong, please <clears throat> import your thoughts to let me know. And another thing, gender, gender equality. The definition of gender equality may acknowledge that gender equality, I'm sorry, gender inequality, 
inequality acknowledge that men and women are not equal and that gender affects an individual's lived experience. That is so, so true. <clears throat> Another word that popped out to me, disempowerment. Make, disempowerment means to make a person or group less powerful or confident. Us as women, uh, we have to stop tearing each other down. We have a way of tearing each other down, not just men um, tearing us down. We have other women that's tearing us down. I, I feel like we ought to be lifting each other up, making it a more positive experience because, you know, your kids only do what they see. And I, Well, I'm not going to say that because, you know, they become a part of the world at a certain age and no matter how much you preach, they end up doing what they want to do. But I really think that this article has some truth to it. A lot of it makes a valid, valid point in my opinion. And I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. And after reading this article, I ran across another article from the um that was on the independent website. It was about uh the spellings, Tory spelling. Um, you, most of you guys may know Tori from Beverly Hills 90210. She was on um, Saved by the Bell. She was Screech's girlfriend. Um, and she's also had her own reality TV shows for years. She's, um, in my opinion, a successful actress. And most would call her a Hollywood socialite. Miss um, Candy was married to... Aaron Spelling, and most of you, for those of you who do not know Aaron Spelling, he has been described as a prolific producer <laughs> and TV royalty to some. And some of his um, shows that um, he's a film television, he was film and television producer. And some of the shows he has under his belt are Kill Bill, Charlie's Angels, Seven Heaven, Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, Dynasty, the list goes on and on. And mind you, Mr. Spelling was worth $500 million when he passed. And ever since his, ever since he's passed, it, the the mother daughter relationship between Tori and Candy has got outrageous, outrageous. They've argued on Twitter feeds, daytime chat, and magazine covers. Like there is no end. They wrote tell all books and memoirs about each other, memoirs, memoirs, excuse me, about each other. And my thing is, Tori has made um a state. She made a um have made some accusations and some statements about her mom and my thing is if you don't have it I'm like I said before I'm old school and I was taught if you don't have anything nice to say then don't say nothing at all I am 34 years old and there's no way I will talk back or mumble under my breath around my mama she would knock my head off and i'm 34 years old but that's just how i was raised you know everybody is raised differently no shade but um i was taught if you don't have anything to say don't say nothing at all now miss candy is not exempt from this conversation she is no better and i feel like as a parent 
you know, sometimes we have to put our big girl panties on. Sometimes we have to um, be the bigger person, set an example. And I know sometimes it's hard, but you have to set an example. You are the adult, you, the adult, you are the parent at the end of the day. And um, Tori, and like I said, they can be really nasty to each other. They both have accused each other of rudeness, child neglect, and greed. And Tori has wrote, a, uh, she wrote a tell-all book. And in the passage, she recalled her mom, she recalled asking her mom, am I pretty? Her mom said, you will be when you get your nose fixed. It says she was 12 years old at the time, and four years later, she had her first nose job. That's 16, you guys. Four years later, she, I'm telling you, you got to, like, I'm sorry. We have to motivate, lift up, and inspire our kids. You should not be tearing them down and making them feel like they're less than. You, I, most women should know how they feel. We all have our own insecurities that we deal with. And even though we like to put on a tough face and play and play tough, we all deal with our own insecurities. Even though we deal with it differently, we all dealing with our own insecurities. And there's and I feel like at that time, Miss Candy Spelling was taking out her own insecurities on her daughter. How dare you? She's also Miss Candy has also released a memoir that it was very critical of her daughter. She also has published an open letter. Um, tutorial on her blog, which is ridiculous. Like, just send a text, guys. That's what I'm saying. You remember my last week ep episode about social media? Cut it out. You're too old, too grown for this. And they say that um, it all it basically stemmed from Tori left, walked out on her first husband. For um, Dean McDormand, she's still with him. Um, they got, they have five kids together. Like they're still together, but apparently her mom was is still upset about her walking out on him. And I cut it. We you cannot pick your your kids' spouses. You can't pick the boyfriend, husband, wife. Girl, you can't do it. Like you will only put your push your kid away. I I'm I'm not speaking from experience. I don't. My daughter's only fourteen. But just well, I guess from it's just from some stuff that I see. I have five sisters. Like I know that every time my mama had a problem with one of my sister's boyfriends, that it only made them get closer. Only when she stepped back and seemed to fizzle or or step back to let her figure out that this is not right for me. So guys, take that into consideration. Um, also, it was said that, um, I told you guys at the beginning that Aaron's estate is worth $500 million. It was reported that after he passed, which was in 2006, a little after she ran off and married Dean McDermott, he suddenly passed. He was, his, um, Estate is worth over five hundred million, but all Tory was left was eight hundred thousand dollars. And I'm not gonna say that's all because to most of us, that's uh, we'll be glad to get that. But to Tory, I guess that compared to the five hundred million, she expected more. And then I guess I understand it. I mean, I I, I get it. Um, 
And the reason why we know that, because as soon as she found out, she swiftly informed the world that she was now broke and signed a reality TV deal about her new life in poverty, which she blamed on her mom. I mean, because she can't blame her dad. Her dad is now, now gone. But something interesting that Tori said during the interview that, um, uh, that stuck with me. And I think after you have your own children, you start to see things from a different perspective. It says the biggest thing in a mother-daughter, um, the biggest thing in a mother-daughter relationship is accepting their relationship for what it is, not what you want it to be. And she said, I haven't got there yet. I still want that mother-daughter relationship that I hope it can be. And I think that's all little girls' dreams. And as I know we get so caught up in what we're doing and what we're going through. Sometimes we just, you know, we not that we forget, but is you overlook what they're feeling and what they're going through. So sometimes we do have to take a deep breath. And, um... And, you know, let our kids know that we love them, that we're always going to be there with them. Okay, and after, so, in the same um, article on Huffington Post, I ran across this quote. And I, I found it interesting, and I would love for you guys' input. It say, when women are not heard, mothers and daughters fight over who get to be heard. When women's emotional, when women's emotional needs are silent, Mother and daughters fight over whose needs get to be met. And when, woman, when women's lives are restricted by sexist gender roles that limit their choices and freedom, mothers and daughters fight over their lack of freedom. And in my opinion, you're fighting the wrong person, okay? What do you think? I want to know you guys' opinions. How true do you think this is? You know, and it's like, I, I really want you to tell me what you think. Do you agree? Just please share your thoughts and your opinions. Like I say, I'm just trying to learn. I have a 14-year-old daughter of my own, and I do not want to get to a place where there's no coming back. I don't want my daughter to be so mad at me that she never comes to visit or, you know, so I want to know what, how do you get there and how do you avoid getting there? How do you avoid getting there? That's what I would like to know. Okay, thank you guys, and stay tuned. Next up, we'll have a little inspiration for the day.